Today's episode of the Roger Hoover Podcast is available to you on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And the Roger Hoover Podcast is proud to be part of the River City Rogue Podcast Network. For the best local blogs, vlogs, and podcasts on sports culture and entertainment, head to rivercityrogue.com. Bold views from the bold city and beyond. Hello everybody, I'm Roger Hoover and welcome to this episode of the Roger Hoover Podcast. Today is Monday, December 18th, 2017. Hope everyone is doing well. And yes, I know it's been a long time since we last had an episode of the podcast for you. You have to go all the way back to late September when I previewed the Tennessee-Florida game with Stuart Weber of Action Sports Jackson. Ah, some things have changed since then. Obviously, both schools have new head coaches. Jeremy Pruitt, now at Tennessee, and Jim McElwain, gone at Florida. Now Dan Mullen takes his spot. Uh, pretty interesting to see how that all transpired and uh, maybe we'll have to dig deep into Tennessee's coaching search craziness uh, coming up on the podcast in the upcoming weeks. But I'm glad to be back with you. Uh, The last few weeks and months have been a lot of travel for me back and forth between Alabama, Tennessee, and Florida. And kind of with that, I've let the podcast slide a little bit, so I apologize. But hopefully as uh, we get more into a normal routine for Alabama women's basketball uh, with conference play in January and February, that'll be able to change hope to get some episodes to you on some upcoming Mondays. Today's episode is with Mark Brunel, and this is a conversation that I wanted to release today just because I'm pretty excited about the Jacksonville Jaguars. How exciting is it that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to the playoffs for the first time since the 2007 season? I got to keep up with the scores yesterday. A big win over the Texans to make sure that the Jaguars go ahead and clinch a playoff berth, and hopefully some really big things are on the way for Doug Marone's Jaguar team. I was in Jacksonville part of last week even got to see a good friend, J.P. Shadrick, who was celebrating a birthday. Uh, he's, of course, a reporter and host for Jaguars.com and the Jaguars Radio Network. And I know he's really excited that playoff football is coming back to Jacksonville. So big congratulations to the Jaguars on uh, not only clinching that playoff berth, but hopefully some special things are on the way for the Jaguars coming up. So with that, I wanted to look back to a conversation with one of the more legendary Jacksonville Jaguars, their former quarterback, Mark Brunel. He made a visit to the baseball grounds in August as part of his recognition for being the Kindness Hero of the Year by the American Civility Association. So on August 5th, he joined me in the broadcast booth at the baseball grounds while the Jumbo Shrimp were taking on the Birmingham Barons. So I wanted to replay this conversation. You'll get some baseball play-by-play mixed in as it was a game between the Jumbo Shrimp and the Birmingham Barons, but it'll maybe give you that baseball feeling that I think all of us are uh, pining for at this time of the year as we get closer and closer to the holidays. So here's my conversation with Jaguars legend, Mark Brunel. Tonight, Mark, kind of unique. We're celebrating the fact that you are the American Civility Association Kindness Hero of the Year. It's great to have you here. It's great to be here, Roger. Thanks for having me, and it's a real treat. And and, uh, uh, I've got my football team here, and as as we were talking about, we... uh, we're in camp right now, and the boys asked to come to a Jumbo Shrimp game, so here we are, having a good time. Absolutely. Top of the third inning, again, the Barons have a 2-0 lead. Danny Mendick at the plates. 
Well, what can you tell us about the American Civility Association? What you're trying to do as the kindness hero of the year? Really, what they're trying to do is it's a great organization, wonderful people that that are getting into the schools and communicating communicating a simple message, trying to get kids to be kind to one another, to be nice to one another. There's a lot of bullying. There's a lot of violence, and that's just unacceptable. So. This organization does a very good job of, of getting involved with the kids, having programs to truly make a difference with our kids, and just giving them the message. Listen, just take care of one another, respect one another, be kind, and, uh, and, and in hopes, of course, preventing things that are going on in the schools these days, like bullying and, and violence. And Dick facing a two-ball, two-strike count going up against Trevor Richards, and the 2-2 on the way. Swing and a miss, strike three, a good low change up, and another strikeout for Trevor Richards. Now, I heard your dad gave you some good advice that's really served you well, really, all throughout your life. Never yes. give it up. Be nice to people. You know, he, my dad told me a lot of things, and a couple that stood out. Uh, you know, I played baseball, basketball, and football, and sometimes you get in games and stuff, and things aren't going your way, and things get tough. And my dad always said, listen, don't quit. You just don't quit. As bad as it gets, you keep fighting, you keep working with your teammates, you just keep going. And it'll be just fine. I'll never forget that. And uh, and also, just just be nice to people. It's not that hard. Sometimes when people are are, are not nice to you, it's you want to react and you want to respond in the same way. But you just can't do it. You do your best to be kind, to be nice, and I think people deserve that. Absolutely. We have Nick Basto at the plate. Count one and one as he goes up against Richards again. Barons with a two nothing lead as we visit with Mark Brunell, kindness hero of the year. That's bounce just fell just down the left field line. And the count's at one and one. What kind of work is American Civility Association doing around the ballpark tonight? A lot, a lot of kids are on hand. There's a lot of kids. You're seeing the capes. It's just, it's great for the for the jumbo shrimp to host them and just give them an opportunity to have a presence here tonight. And, and uh, you know, it's just an opportunity, a platform to get the message out, uh, like we talked about earlier. Um, just kids taking care of kids, treating each other right, and, and uh, you know, it's a young organization, and they do, they, they really do a wonderful job. You'll be hearing more of them seeing more of them in the community and, and one of the many organizations in town that are doing their best just to make a difference in the lives of a lot of children. That's great to see. And they have a handout as well, a superhero challenge for kids, uh, a lot of different things to, again, just be kind and just help one another. And those are skills you have to have, if, especially if you want to be an athlete working with so many different personalities. Well, that's that's for sure. I mean, you, you know, I tell my team, be a good teammate. Just be a good teammate. And, uh, you know, you it's important, you know, in, in this, uh, in, in football and in baseball and all sports, it's really all about relationships, uh, building chemistry with one another, respecting one another, um, taking care of each other. And uh, those are the kind of things we tell our football team to really look out for one another because you're dependent on that guy and he's dependent on you. And you just simply don't want to, you know, you don't want to let the guy next to you down. And that's really what team sports are all about. And, of course, you've won a lot of awards throughout your career, and we're celebrating United as the Kindness Superhero of the Year. First cape you've ever won? Yes, it is, actually. <laughs> I, I've never, I don't think I've ever gotten a hero award. <laughs> I got my own cape and everything. I'm pretty excited. Pretty excited. That is fun. The impact continues with Toby Thomas. We're in the top of the third inning. 2 nothing Barons lead the Jumbo Shrimp as we visit with Mark Brunell. And, again, he's got a lot of Episcopal Eagles here on hand. Going through a fun time of the year. This swung on and hit high in the air going into right. Second baseman back, and Alex Yarbrough makes a good catch over his shoulder for the second out here of the top of the third inning. Did you mentioned you played baseball. You have to love coming back and uh, seeing some minor league baseball. I tell you, there's nothing like a baseball game. You know, you can watch it on TV, and it's fun and, and it, but when you get a chance to come into a ballpark, especially when it's in the community you live in, it's a real treat. I love what the Jumbo Shrimp are doing. 
uh, with their team and in the community. Uh, attendance, you would know better than me, but it's just been incredible. I mean, people love baseball. And uh, I played a long time ago, and I don't think I picked up a baseball in at least a, at least a decade. You know, so I was a little nervous on that first pitch. Sure. I almost went over the catcher's head. <laughs> it was close. The guy had to jump up and make a, make a spectacular catch. That could have been ugly. My team would have been all over me if that, if that, <laughs> uh, if that ball went to the uh, backstop. Well, last year we had Blake Bortles on opening night. He had a pretty good strike right down the middle. Oh, yeah. Malik Jackson maybe missed a little bit low. Uh, and the Derrick Henry did a pretty good job as well. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, hometown sure. guy. Those guys are young guys. I'm an old guy. I have a really good excuse to not throw a strike. Here's the 0-2 to Nick Basto. And he hits it fell. So nothing in two. So tell me a little more about Episcopal. What's coming up for you guys this year? Well, we start off in our kickoff classic. We play at Fernandina Beach, and uh, and then our, our opener is against Christ Church. Uh, we've, we've got a, uh, a kickoff classic and then a 10-game schedule. Uh, we've got 60 uh, players, which is very good for us. Particip- participation has been great. I love coaching high school football, just the opportunity to be in these young men's lives. And, and, and Roger, that's where I learned a lot of my – life lessons was on the football field you know if you're if you need to overcome adversity you gotta lock arm with lock arms with the guys next to you and and fight through it together and you learn about hard work and and uh, uh leadership and character all, all on the football field here's the ground that's a shortstop by basto that'll end the inning we'll stay here in between innings as we continue visiting with mark brunell who's on hand tonight as the kindness superhero of the year now going back and looking at your career you mentioned you wanted to coach high school was it on your radar maybe to coach any other different levels what made high school really stand out well I, you know when i when i retired i guess about six years ago now i was asked to be a volunteer quarterback coach at providence high school and i thought you know what i'm not really doing anything yet i'm not sure what the next step is after football i thought sure bobby Rollerson, the head coach, who's now the head coach at uh, um, Bishop Kenny, said, hey, will you come out? I said, sure. And Roger, I, I just fell in love with it. It was fun. It's a uh, coach at the high school level. You have the opportunity to make a huge impact on, on a young man and a high school high school age boys. And and, uh, um, and it was fun. Very family friendly. There's there's no travel involved. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm home for din- dinner every night and uh, uh, there's not a lot of pressure and, and, and it's fun. Um, I consider coaching at different levels, uh, college and pro. Maybe that's down the road, but you know, I, I intend to be at Episcopal for a long time. It's a great, it's a great school. Uh, I just had a, my son graduate from there last year, and uh, I've got a son playing for me now. He's a sophomore. His name's Luke. He's one of our receivers, and I just, ha- I just have a great time. My wife is the cross country and track coach over there, so uh, Episcopal's all about family for us. We're, we're really enjoying our time there. That's great to hear. And looking back at your career as well, just do you remember the first time you got to Jacksonville and think about how the city has changed from when you first started playing for the Jaguars to where we are now? You know, Roger, it was night and day. I mean, I I, uh, I was traded from from Green Bay, you know, and and uh, I came in. I think a mini camp was about to start. It was before the first draft where we got Tony Baselli and and uh, those that first draft the first draft class in '95. I can remember they put me up put me up somewhere, and I think the first week. I mean, I had to plan, uh, you know, give myself at least an hour and a half to get to the stadium because I got lost every day, Roger. Sure. I couldn't find myself <laughs> around. And, then, you know, you rent a car, they say, hey, you're staying here and, and you're on your own. I'm like, golly. Uh, so the first week was rough, and uh, but uh, I quickly grew to love this city. We've made this our home. My wife and I love it, friends. Uh, and uh, we're just it's just a great place to raise a family. Bottom of the third inning begins with... Or excuse me, Rodrigo V Hill at the plate. We are in a two nothing score. The Barons lead the Jumbo Shrimp as we visit with Mark Brunell. 
Next pitch by Kopech is swung on, a fly ball into center. Hunter Jones is there and makes the catch for the out. Of course, you were a pro bowler three times with the Jaguars. Had some great playoff runs as well. And I'm sure wherever you go in Jacksonville, people bring up the Denver game a lot. You know, they do. You know, it's funny. Um, I was asked recently what my favorite game was. And, and being with Jacksonville, we had some really good ones. That's the one that, that stands out for, for me and a lot of my teammates. You know, back then it was a game, a playoff game that we weren't expected, expecting to win. And I think we surprised a lot of a lot of people. I think we might have surprised ourselves a little bit, but I thought it was cool for me because I got to get I got to play against one of my favorite all time yeah. quarterbacks in John Elway. So it was a real treat for me, and and it was great for the team. Uh, it was great for the city, our organization. So uh, just a, just a good memory. Swing and a miss by Taylor Arden. The count said one and one, and then made it back to the playoffs as well. And just such a special group, and especially on offense, it seemed like you guys were all on the same page at all times. You know, I was. Uh, I was very fortunate. I had a very good supporting cast my years in Jacksonville. Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardell. I had Tony Baselli block for me, Leon Searcy. I was handing off to Fred Taylor. I mean, I was Kyle Brady was my tight end. Like, are you kidding me? There's no way I could fail. These guys were great guys, and we were able to spend some time together. You know, had had a few years together and, and built something special, I think. And but the relationships that you build during those times, those are what are real. Those are what is uh, very very special and. And uh, you know, I was very fortunate. I had, a, I had a very good team around me, and it allowed us to win some football games. you got to be thrilled that your first head coach here, Tom Coughlin, he's now back around. A lot of you have been able to catch up with him some as he's helping rebuild the Jaguars. He, I can't think of a better guy for the job. Uh, i got a lot of respect for him. He's the, he's the coach that gave me my chance. Ard hits this just foul down the right field line. The count's at 2-2. Two and two. And he said the message, for, uh, even in the offseason, that you've just got to be tough when he first got here and wants everyone to adopt grit is really the mindset here. Roger, I've been to every practice but but one. I didn't go last night, but I've been to every practice, and things are a little different you know, over here at Everbank Field, and they're working very hard. They're getting a lot of reps in the heat, battling the elements. And listen, if you want to play physical, you got to practice physical, and that's what they're doing, and I think that's what's missing the most. They uh, need to be more physical. And, uh, and you're going to see a team that's tougher mentally and physically, and that's exactly what Tom Coughlin wants for, for this team. And as the quarterback, what was most important to you about this time of the year in training camp? Really, it was uh, um, just making sure mentally I stayed sharp. And, uh, you know, it's different when you're a young player as opposed to being a you know, 15-year vet or whatever it is. But, but just staying stay in it mentally. Physically, it's not too demanding on a quarterback. Uh, we're just above kickers as far as you know practices being really really easy, but you had you had to uh, you had to be mentally tough because there were good days and bad days and, and the team was counting on you. You had to be really sharp and because if you weren't, chances are practices weren't going to go well. That's right. That's fouled back three and two, and I'm sure the similar thing goes to the exhibition games you played in. A lot of times, the starter it's one or two series at the very start, and then that's it. Yeah, it's funny when you're a young player. Like I said, you know the, the exhibition games, the preseason games are so important. You know, you're trying to. You know, trying to eventually become a starter and make a team and all that stuff. And then when you get become the starter, that's the last thing you want to do is play in a preseason game. It's kind of funny. You just want it over. You don't want anybody getting hurt. You want the regular season to get started. And, and uh, But they are important. They don't count, Roger, but they matter very much. No matter how much you get on the, on the field in preseason, you want it to be sharp. And like you said, you get a series or, or, or two. You don't get a lot of reps, maybe you know eight or nine throws. But... You still want to you want to execute and move the ball down the field. Hard struck out looking. Now there are two gone as Kopech still works on the mound for Birmingham. Two nothing. The Barons lead in the bottom of the third. And then after Jacksonville, some time with the Washington Redskins. And you had to be so proud of your Super Bowl ring from New Orleans. Yes, and I was able to uh, uh, spend some time with the New York Jets. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I started out with Green Bay, so I had five teams, and they all were just uh, great experiences for me. I wanted to play the game, Roger, as long as I could. I wanted to be on an NFL team uh, for as long as I could. I, they would allow me to stay in the league. And I got 19 years in, and I got to win a Super Bowl with, with uh, Drew Brees and the Saints. Got to play for Rex Ryan and B. Mark Sanchez's backup. Played for Joe Gibbs, and so I was able to extend my career and, and be around some very special people and, and a lot of great memories with those teams as well. And you really get to stay involved with the NFL, the NFL Legends program. Yeah, absolutely. The NFL Legends was started about four years ago. What we try to do is, is connect with former players and, and really try to get them connected with resources and opportunities, opportunities that the NFL provides. There's a lot of former players that are, are disconnected. They don't know what's going on, what's available to them as far as uh, getting help and, and uh uh, so we try to find those those former players and, and uh, let them know that good things are happening with the NFL. It, and uh, there's a lot of guys physically, uh, emotionally, and uh, financially that are just in bad shape. We try to get a hold of those guys and say, listen, we, we can help you. We can get you back on your feet. And that's really the core uh, of what uh, the Legends community does. They're at Fawcett away, 3-2. and two. So you're in a unique position. You get to work with a lot of guys who are many years removed from football, and now you're also working with high school players at Episcopal and making sure they're doing the right things now to stay safe. Yeah, that's important. And, and uh, you know, we we try to win on Friday nights, all right, for three for for three hours, you know, once a week during the season. There's a base hit by Barrett in the right field. First hit, Jumbo Shrimp have had against Kopech tonight, a two-out single here in the bottom of the third. And so for three hours on Friday nights, we compete and we try to win, and it's important to us. The rest of the time that we're together, uh, myself and the coaches, we're trying to develop character. Uh, we're trying to prepare these young men for the next stage of their life. They're going on to college, and, uh, um, you know, you, you just want to prepare them for what's next. And, and football is a great vehicle to do that. You know, we talked about teammate, uh, teamwork and, and uh, looking out for your teammates and, and hard work and, and positive attitude and character. Those are things they need for the rest of their lives. Ball in the dirt, got away from the catcher Gonzalez, and Barrett moves up to second base. So he'll advance on a wild pitch as Braxton leads to the plate for the Jumbo Shrimp. So that's outstanding work you guys are doing. You also, with NFL Legends, did you go to London in the offseason? Well, actually, or, uh, the, uh, yeah, the I, was over, I was over there a couple weeks ago. The Jaguars uh, uh, brought me over there. Um, uh, the Jaguars have quite a presence over in the U.K. Um, as far as uh, setting up leagues for, for football, they are crazy about American football right now. Tons of Jaguar fans. So myself, Tony Baselli, Keenan McCardell, and Brian Schwartz, former linebacker for the Jags, went out there and, and put on a camp for, for, for some kids. And, and it, was, it was a great experience. We were over there for four days. They had it in London. The, the camp was at Brunel University of all places. <laughs> and that was interesting. Like that, yeah. we, had, we had a great time. And, <laughs> and uh, just to see the passion for American football over there, it's, it's really it's really interesting. 2-0 on Lee as he goes up against Kopech. It was Lee who struck out swinging first time up. Now he takes inside, and it's three balls and no strikes. You mentioned uh, your teammate Tony Baselli, and tonight is the Hall of Fame induction night right. in Canton, Ohio. How much would it mean for you to get to see him put on that gold jacket? You know, he's, he's my best friend in the world, and I love him. And I know it would just be a, uh, just a great honor, the highest honor, you know, that, that – uh, you, you really, as a football player, can have, and, and uh, I think he deserves it. It's overdue. It would be great for Tony and his family. Uh, he worked so hard. He was such a dominant player. It'd be great for the Jaguars. It'd be great for this community, and, and uh, um, it's just wonderful for Jacksonville to, and the Jaguars to have someone represent, you know, us in the Hall of Fame. And, and uh, I think he'll get it someday, Roger. I don't know if it'll be next year, five years from now. 
uh, that at some point Tony Baselli is going to wear the uh, that jacket and and, and really. Um, it should mean something to all of us. Absolutely. And, of course, he's in the Pride of the Jaguars in 2013. You were selected to be part of the Pride of the Jaguars as well. And just any time you're back at Everbank Field, what does it mean to you to see your name and number up there? It's pretty cool. It, I, you know, it, um, it's fun. It, it's it's fun for my family. Um, you know, I bring my kids to the games, and they, they enjoy seeing that. It's just a great it's just a great honor. And that having my name up there means a lot to me, but it would not have happened without the guys that I'd like we talked about earlier the guys like fred and and tony and and, and jimmy and keenan and and not just the superstars but the guys that that uh often got didn't get a lot of recognition but you know did their job and allowed me to, to do what i did and, and so i'm i'm forever um grateful to the coaches i had here in jacksonville the teammates i had there's there's tons of them, and, and I'm so thankful. And, and seeing my name up there reminds me of, of all the stuff, that, all the work that they put in as well. That's great to hear. Nothing in two on Austin Dean as he goes up against Michael Kopech in the bottom of the third inning. And here's a swing and a bouncing ball up the middle to the shortstop. A good stop, a flip to second, not in time from Mendick to Thomas, and everybody will be safe. Now the Jumbo Shrimp have loaded the bases with an infield single thanks to Austin Dean here in the bottom of the third. I think I need to stay up here. I know. I got up here. They, you know, <laughs> bases are loaded now. Well, let's see if David Vidal can push across Jacksonville's first run. Here comes the pitching coach, Jose Bautista, out for the Birmingham Barons as it's 2-0. Barons are leading the Jumbo Shrimp as we continue visiting with Jaguars legend Mark Brunel. So you mentioned you go to most practices for the Jaguars. Do you go to pretty much every game or at least home games? You no, know, I go to all the home games, yeah. and uh, I don't do any broadcasting during the home games. Really what I do is I get there before the games and I sit out in the field and, and uh, a few of my former teammates are hanging around and so it's really a way for for uh, a bunch of former Jaguars to come together, see each other and, and we have tickets in the terrace suites and, and uh, just great, it's a great time to just reconnect and, and, and uh, go to games and hang out with guys that you that you played in that stadium with so it's a lot of fun. I do cover the preseason games, I do the uh, TV with Brian Sexton. Uh, for the Jaguars, and, and so next, obviously next week we're going up to New England uh, for that game. So I'm looking forward to that. I really enjoy doing that. You're, 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 but you're much better at this than, than I am. So I'm, I'm getting some uh, getting some pointers here. No, you're excellent. Great having <laughs> you on here. As we have again, the bases loaded for David Vidal. Two gone. We're in the bottom of the third with Jacksonville trailing two nothing to Birmingham. Now he swings a liner up the middle, and that is caught by the second baseman, Toby Thomas, a low liner. He makes the catch, and that will end the inning as the shrimp will strand. The base is loaded, and it remains the Barons in front, 2-0. Well, Mark, it has been a lot of fun catching up with you, going over some football memories and as well. You are the American Civility Association Superhero Kindness Hero of the Year. Just thank you for joining us tonight. Roger, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Well, that was a fun conversation with Mark Brunell, one of many conversations I had along the second half of the year that I wasn't able to release during the season or in the last few weeks with my travel between uh, Alabama, Tennessee, and Florida and Alabama women's basketball. wanted to make sure I gave all my efforts to the Crimson Tide to start the season, and the season is going pretty well for Christy Curry's basketball team. Uh, we're getting a lot of games in right before Christmas, and even after this episode is recorded today, the next two days will feature games 
games for Alabama playing Missouri State tomorrow and then on Wednesday night playing Murray State to close out the pre-Christmas portion of the schedule. Then after that, it's some time for Christmas time, and I really love this time of the year. I love getting uh, back to my hometown of Kingsport, Tennessee to spend time with friends and family. The big event's coming up on Saturday night, Hoover Monopoly. I hope all of you uh, will be able to follow along with me on Twitter. Uh, just follow my account at Roger underscore Hoover, or you can even follow the hashtag, hashtag Hoover Monopoly to see who will be the 2017 Hoover Monopoly champion. It's a big deal, Hoover Monopoly, each and every year. It's a fun game that um, my dad's four brothers, they all play along with uh, my Uncle David's two sons, Mike and Rob, Mike's son, Drew, and then me um, make up the eight players. I'm always the wheelbarrow, and it's just always a lot of fun. I think with all that comes along with Christmas, kind of enjoy Monopoly Night uh, about more than anything, just because it's a good time for the family to get together for the first time uh, during the Christmas season and just have a good time and then play a game. We all love uh, good old Monopoly. I only play it once a year. So uh, looking forward to Hoover Monopoly coming up on the 23rd. Then the 24th and the 25th, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Special to be back in Kingsport for those events as well. I haven't missed a Christmas Eve service at First Baptist Church in Kingsport uh, basically my entire life. My mom does a great job leading the music as the minister of music at First Baptist. And uh, a special feeling to get back to the home church. So I'm very very much looking forward to that. Thanks again for listening to this episode with Mark Brunell. Again, I say this all the time. I will be back with more podcast episodes, I promise, in the future. So thanks for subscribing. Thanks for downloading. And until next time, play the waltz, Roy. I remember the night and the Tennessee.